everybody of the Tabletop Masterminds Discord. This is Zach, and I am here with uh, Fighter Game Studios, aka Brian. Uh, and he wanted to ask, he had some questions about his website currently on Google Sites. Uh, asked me if I could take a look at it. I thought this was a great opportunity to have a complete like one on one strategy session. And before I can even, uh, you know, recommend a good website uh, host for him to go to and then how to optimize on there, I really need to know where he is, where he's been, where he's going. And so I figured this was a great opportunity to have a one on one strategy session that everyone can learn from. And so he was kind enough to join me today. So with that, with that, Brian, uh, kind of just t tell us what is Fighter Game Studios. Uh, so Fighter Game Studios um, has been around forever. Uh, originally, it started as the leather work, uh, leather work studio, uh, and art studio. I did a bunch of stuff there uh, back in the early two thousands. Um, its current iteration, I still do artwork and leather working, but the current iteration is mainly uh, supporting my my game brains and brawn. Uh, super simple, rules light, genre agnostic, uh, four page game system. Um, and that's kind of the, the where it's sat mostly now. Um, you want to know about the game too? I will talk yeah. about, I will happily yeah. talk about the game. Uh, uh, give me like, I mean, it's open with only four pages. I'm hoping. Can you give me a quick, uh, I'll give you the elevator pitch. Yep. Go for it. Easy enough. Uh, in my 20s, I was stupid and did a whole bunch of things that caused me to have multiple concussions, uh, probably 10 or 12 of them over a 10-year period. Uh, between that and what is looking more and more like adult ADHD, uh, I get about three, four pages into anything I'm reading before I'm no longer able to, to function on it, focus on it, mm -hmm. remember it. So if I pick up a 200-page rule book, I'm not going to pick it up. Uh, I could I could look at that thing for weeks and months and I'm just not going to learn it. So I I know D and D five E mm -hmm. uh, mainly because I listened to Critical Role when I was, used to work uh, uh, on the road for sales. Um, so I can kind of fumble my way through there. And luckily, a couple of my players are are games lawyers or rules lawyers, so they mm -hmm. they help me if I if I'm not sure about something. Uh, but if I want to try Shadow Run which is my favorite from 25 years ago. That was my, my jam, uh, a superhero game, uh, old West game. Um, you know, just, it, I'm not going to pick up a new, new system, but I let, I want to try new systems. I want to play stuff. So I realized I needed a, a rules, light, simple system. And I didn't find anything I liked. So I said, screw it. I, I, it started off as a hack for lasers and feelings, but I found lasers and feelings wasn't near, uh, detailed enough, didn't have enough, uh, didn't, didn't have hit points or, you know, it wasn't really a combat game based game, but I, I like doing combat based games. Uh, so what started off that is kind of morphed into its own thing into brains and run. And you can play anything with brains and run. Uh, but some groups want to play specific things like old West or a zombie apocalypse game or, or superheroes. So, uh, and why you can do it with the base rules, it's, there are mechanics that make things work better. So I began creating expansions uh, that let you take the specific genre and bring it into Brains and Brun. So if you want to play uh, a zombie apocalypse game, you can. Uh, if you want to play an Old West game, I have an Old West expansion. You bring that in. If you want to play zombie apocalypse in the Old West, you bring both of them because all the rules work together. Uh, most of the rules and expansions are just clarifications on how to do stuff. Uh, and then each time they get a, a core mechanic uh, that will help you do something else. For instance, uh, there's a, uh, in my Ghost Hunter game, there is a, a physical damage wheel for like hit points, but there's also a mental damage wheel uh, that, that tracks how scared the Ghost Hunter is. And when you run out of mental health points, you, you're no longer able to go back in the house. Just like if you run out of hit points, you fall down unconscious or, or dead or whatever you do. Uh, and so that's where I'm at now. I'm just trying to build those expansions. Um, people who've played the game uh, tend to really like it. Uh, it's been pretty well received by the by the tens of people who, who play it regularly. Right. Um, 
So, okay. So that's awesome. And I got several questions for you. So how have you been selling? Uh, so one, how, where do you want to go? Okay. So, you know, you've talked about how like you did leather, you've got art, and now you're focused on the TTRPG. Is the TTRPG your primary focus at the moment? Uh, at the moment, yes. Okay. So, but I'm guessing that, like, let's look five years down the future. Let's say you build something out. Maybe you're still not full-time on this, but it's, uh, it, it is something and it's growing and you want to expand. Are you wanting to expand into physicals like um, leather work, um, dice, art prints, stuff like that? Um. I there's no yeah. wrong answers here, by the way. No, I know. I no I have. It's all up to you. I mean, the leather working, the art, the game design, role playing. Those are all hobbies I have. I also mm -hmm. like RC cars. I'm a pit master. I like uh, classic cuisine, cooking. Uh, I like to read. I uh, I mean, I want to learn guitar. I have so many hobbies that yeah. that's why I like Fighter Guy Studios because it's it's a studio. It's not, right. it's not a game company. It's a studio. And one of the things that I do in the studio is make games. Uh, okay. So while I, I mean, I, I'm five years from now, I may not do brains and brawn at all, mm -hmm. but at this point, it's something that I, I find that I really like. And more importantly, um, it, well, it goes back to why I do this. Okay. So uh, I'm going to take half a second. I, I like to cook. Mm-hmm. I worked for a barbecue company. I had the greatest where job are you for. Live, by the way, I'm in Alberta. You're in where? Alberta, Southern okay. Alberta, Canada. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm uh, from Texas, so you say, you know, like barbecue and stuff, and I'm like, well, I was I have a family down. I might know you. <laughs> I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, that makes sense. So, Fort yeah. Worth area, me. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So it, it, when I moved up to Canada, now we're really in the weeds. When I moved to Canada, know what you don't get good, good in Canada? Barbecue. But you got good beef up there, don't you? Yeah, we're not going to get into that. I okay. will I will make enemies on both sides of the border. Um, uh, the, the beef up here is good. It's different. We'll leave okay. it at that. Uh, it sucks for brisket. It's great for steak. Um, but when I first moved up here, one of the first things uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, said is, hey, let's barbecue some hot dogs for dinner. And I'm like, you can't barbecue hot dogs. You can grill hot dogs, mm -hmm. but you can't barbecue a hot dog. And I realized right then and there that I was going to be very disappointed in the uh, uh, the meat cuisine in Canada. So uh, I started doing barbecue. I worked for uh, Traeger Grills or a, a distributor for Traeger Grills. And my job for three years was, well, sell grills. But the way I did that is I drove from uh, site to site all mm. over Alberta, uh, all over Alberta and, and into BC and, and in Saskatchewan. Uh, and I cooked for people all day long. That's what I did. And cooking for people is the most amazing thing in the world because you give something, uh, somebody something that you have put your passion into and they take a bite and their eyes light up and they go, oh my God, this is so good. And you've just made their day in one bite. And that is such an amazing feeling. I like to feed people, but it turns out I can't give you uh, on the East Coast, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm in Ohio now, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. I can't give you, an, in Ohio, I can't give you a chicken wing. I can't give mm -hmm. you a slice of brisket. Uh, I can't feed you. But what I can do is I can create a, a game system that when you read and you play, your eyes light up and you get very excited because it's a great thing. So this is my feeding people. I want to give this to people so that they can go out and they can, they can play this game uh, and, and have fun and create memories and, and build the excitement and grow with me because uh, I've got two more expansions and uh, an adventure pack that are all coming out probably in the next two months. Uh, I love it. I have another question. So how, how much of this story that you just told me, have you told to your current audience? Um, I have, uh, I'm on my webpage. Uh, I have the basic elevator pitch mm -hmm. um, on my website. It's five paragraphs long. And it, it's basically, it starts off with, I can't read anything anymore. So I create my game and this is what we do. Uh, the feeding thing I say all the time on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, because people will ask, you know, why you do stuff. And, and it's the it sounds weird 
but mm-hmm. it is the closest I've gotten to the feeling I have uh, when somebody downloads my game mm-hmm. and plays it. And even if they don't say anything to me, I love it when they say something. I love it when they review, right? Yeah, but yeah. just the fact that they're taking it is so exciting for me because uh, uh, I have trouble saying this, uh, but my friends on Twitter keep telling me this, so I'm going to say it. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great system. It's a brilliant system. It's it's uh, every for the longest time, uh, like six or seven people, I'd, I'd show them the system. They'd look at it and they'd tell me, oh, man, this is elegant. Mm-hmm. That's a cool thing to hear, especially from multiple people who don't know each other. Like it's it's not like everyone got together and like, hey, let's screw with Brian and call this game elegant. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's something that I think is pretty special. And right. so it's. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just have so much to go. You have to cut me off. I will keep talking. I appreciate that. I'm the same way. I can see the text in me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so first thing was that I love the feeding people message. Uh, I will read the five paragraphs you have and see if, uh, if it's something that could be narrowed down and more focused because uh, when you're selling four pages to use five paragraphs, it might just be a bit much, but I haven't seen it yet. So maybe they're really short paragraphs. Um, I think that we can get your elevator pitch even shorter. All right. Where something to the effect of like a one sentence. Um, and, and this is something that I can ruminate on. You can ruminate on. But basically, I'm trying to think of a good way to say streamlined TTRPG. Yeah. You know. It's I'm, right now the word is streamlined because if you say simple TTRPG, simple is uh, kind of a synonym to silly or or even stupid, and so simple simple's too too little, you know. Yeah. But well, something that is technically like, the the name of the game is actually the Brains and Bronze Super Simple Tabletop Role Playing System. That's good. That's not that's bad. that's actually the 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 thing. Uh, you you mentioned though uh, it could be seen as silly. Uh, one of my biggest, okay, one of my biggest strengths, okay, is I do all my artwork for the game. Awesome. Um, super cheap. You know, I don't know if y'all can see it, but you know, my my shirt is all my my characters, right? Uh, and and they're the fighter guys. Like that's that's the thing. That causes some disconnect though, because my uh, Lovecraftian horror game mm-hmm. has a picture of cute Cthulhu on the front because I draw cute. Right. And the game itself does not have to be cute. It does not have to be a goofy game. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be. Uh, the The idea is, is it's so simple that you can do any game you want. So if you want to play right. a goofy game, absolutely can. If you want to play a serious game, you absolutely can. Right. And so from an art point of view, um, and that I, I've got some plans to do some collaborations with artists who do spooky better than I do mm-hmm. and re-release a version of Horrors and Heretics with different artwork uh to better show the the style i okay so i think i might ask this question but i need to remind it i don't know if i asked it so how are you currently selling things is it all on your website are you launching projects via crowdfunding site um when you make a new product what's the process for telling people about it and and getting them to to buy it um, I put it on itch and I put it on drive through RPG. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and I dump it on Twitter. Like I talk about it on Twitter, but Twitter is not ideal for conversion to sales. Yeah. Um, Twitter is good for an audience and it's, it's a good top build of a community. Funnel. Right. It's good. Uh, to be top of funnel. And I have gotten people to buy from Twitter, but it requires you to, be part of the community yeah you know and 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 i i've built a pretty decent community like we had a uh an online con had about 25 people show up and and play and and that's built up like my 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 follower count has gone up i i don't necessarily put a lot of uh a, a lot of stress over how many followers i have but seeing people see what i say and 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 want to be part of that has has you know, you can follow, I can follow that by, I say something and people go, oh yeah. And then they follow you. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm obviously, I'm saying the right stuff. Uh, I also dump it on Reddit, which has been mm-hmm. where Reddit's, my and share my cells have come from. That's interesting because, because I recently for the webinar, I hopped on Reddit and it is such a culture there. 
It is so interesting. And I'm sure like your sales background must have helped because when I put my webinar stuff on Reddit, they were immediately like, okay, well, but who the fuck are you? (laughs) Okay. Now. Yeah. Uh, Which I get. I I put my con on Reddit and Uh I waited till towards the end because I I said, you know what? Like if, if I'm going to have 30 people from Reddit show up, I, I need to, I need to do this at the end because I don't want it to go too big. And I got downvoted like crazy. Nice. And here I am, like, I'm just trying to get people, you know, hey, look, I'm doing this free thing. Come out. Mm-hmm. I'm giving away the game for free. Play some games. We got, you know, we got Telltalers, which is uh, the, the Brains of Ron equivalent of uh, Games Master. Um, and they hated it. Like, yep. they they downvoted me to oblivion. Like, I, I just yep. pulled it off eventually. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. So I, I think Reddit is good for certain things. Yes. And That's for other things, it's not. What it's good for is refining your sales pitch. Because what I figured out on the culture of Reddit is that, because I read before I went on there, of like, they hate to be sold to. There is a big counterculture. What The good part of it is that it defends against all the snake oil salesmen. It quickly cuts through anyone out there to make an easy dollar. Yeah. You know, it quickly cuts through, hey, buy my stuff. They, they like, they're just downvoting. But if you come at them with value, okay, you know, and so I think that like, and I don't know how you pitched it there, but um, just an idea I, I would try maybe next time is to say like, hey, I'm Brian of Fighter Game Studios. I have uh, built this. I love that. Like talk about your love of it, your love for them. And I wanted to give an opportunity to just play with you guys and hang out with a super simple thing. Here's a free, like, you know, the ghost or the, the cowboy or something like, like upfront to show value. Um, and, you know, come see me. Here's the links, you know, the, you're still going to get people. <laughs> you're still going to yeah. get people, but maybe you won't get downvoted. To uh, and, like, and I, I will flat out say uh, Reddit is good. If you give them something free mm-hmm. um, for a while, all my games are pay what you want. And they yep. love that. No one paid me any money for it, which is fine because it got it out there, but they love that. Um, I I find the same thing. And here's my problem because I don't want to use Reddit as an advertising Mm -hmm. vector uh, because of, of that community, how that community is set up. It's, it's not ideal. Um, They don't want it. They don't want it. They actively hate it. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Um, Drive through RPG is great if it's free or pay what you want. Mm-hmm. because it stays on that list longer and you know my my biggest sales have come from drive through rpg uh right. it's now, you you tell me what transparency uh you level you want to go here um would you be able to give me a ballpark of like how much you've made this year keep in mind no one here is rich <laughs> um uh, no, i don't yeah i don't care uh give me a second i'll give you i'll, I'll, I'll tell you a really simple um you know what? It's not much. Uh, itch, itch is itch is the easier one to tell you because I can just give you a number like instantly. So give mm-hmm. me a half a second. I will, I will tell you. But it's 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 in the hundreds, but just in the hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Um, let me just look it up real quick. I have to log in. I'm sorry. I I use a uh, I use a VPN so I can watch the Spurs games. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, I got followed by somebody. Yay. Uh, dashboard. So my total sales in itch are 154. Okay. Uh, and drive through. Uh, and this is back to, I think, May. Mm-hmm. Um, I technically had it up on itch before May, but I'm. Uh, all products summary by title. All right. Uh, and about a hundred. Hmm, this less than I thought it was. Hundred and five. Okay. Through so RPG. Got- now that's that's actually sixty eight dollars to me, mm-hmm. but one hundred and five dollars in sales. Yeah, and that's um. So my transparency on my side is like, I have been solely going through Kickstarter, only just recently started on our website. 
because drive through RPG, one, I don't love their restrictions on what you can publish uh, in the worlds and how it's also that the competition level, it's a very big pool of people. Like, yes, it's a very curated audience as well. Um, but, you know, and it's smaller than, say, Amazon. But uh, that plus, then they take a big chunk of money. 35%. And I'm kind of greedy. <laughs> I I didn't want that. Whereas Kickstarter is only going to take like 10%. You know, yeah. and what Kickstarter allows you to do is that when, like, let's say that you ran uh, pay what you want on your next release on Kickstarter before it went to uh, DMs Guild. When, let's say you get only 25 people, okay, and you get $25, all right, minus 10%, all right, but those 25 people, every time you make an update on Kickstarter, they get an email from you. That means right. that every time you launch another Kickstarter, you have the opportunity. You don't have to smash that button, but you have an opportunity to be in their email, which is going to give you a much more direct line to say on Twitter. You also have an opportunity. This is something that we've really liked to do, which is send a survey of, hey, how do you like this product? You know, and while you're there, I mean, I we ask like five questions and then do you want to join the email list? And now they've opted in for it twice. They've backed you and they've said they want to be on an email list. And it gives you what's really, really nice to know who are the first 10 people who are going to buy my game. Yeah. You know, and I would recommend, I do think that that would be an interesting thing for you to think about and explore since you're already doing pay what you want anyways. No, um, not anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. I was going to say, I'm also all for raising your prices. All right. I will also say that like uh, you're, what you're doing is interesting and it's difficult. Being any alternative TTRPG is going to be difficult. However, I do think you have an opportunity to position yourself if you were interested hitting the family market, okay, hitting the kids market and having a kind of cutesy line. All right, right. go where your art takes you. You know, you could also make whatever Cthulhu you have like have fangs and bleed everywhere. And that, you know, maybe, you know, you could go to the antithesis of that. Um, but I also think that you can be like uh, the TTRPG for people who are intimidated by D&D. You know, like this is the good first TTRPG. This is the TTRPG that you can take to like a board game night and get people to play a... Right. Like, this, how I get people into... <laughs> TTRPGs is I run them through a very simple like, okay, we're all camping for some reason, okay? We're going up a hill and we see a bear in the pathway. Um, what do you do? And first you should ask, what do you have on you? This immediately gets people like, they, they start asking, well, what can I do? Anything. Right. And immediately they get it and they will attack the bear or befriend the bear, sometimes both. All right. And it, it, it always ends a different way and they get it. They're like, did you plan all that? No. You know, and I, I have them roll a 1d20 and nothing else. You know, starting them out super simple is a great, I think that another way to potentially talk about or reframe how you talk about your systems is to talk about it as like the gateway TTRPG. You know, because right now D&D is the gateway. And even though D&D has so many systems set up to make it easier to get into D&D than almost any other major TTRPG, it's still a lot. I still yeah. have to get people on D&D Beyond and walk them through, here's what AC means, here's what charisma is, here's what uh, you're going to roll, and then they're going to play it. And I'm going to have to explain it all to them five more times. And I'm not showing them a single book, okay? Right. I have streamlined it as much as possible, and it will still take me uh, 30 minutes just to get them set up with the character, and then probably about three hours of playtime until they get they start to get comfortable. Yeah. You know, and to feel like, okay, this isn't that hard anymore. Whereas I feel like your system, just by the little I've uh, seen of it and what I've heard of you, it's a lot going to be a lot easier you know so that's just a an idea of like how to 
reframe, rephrase things. Um, so another idea, so because we're here for your website. What I like for your website, this is the other issue that you're running into. So your biggest hurdles, number one, you're not D&D. That's a hurdle, okay? Yeah. Because what you're, what you're great for is attracting new players. Like That's like your TTRPG is great for the new players, but the only people who play alternative D&Ds are veteran players. So I yeah. think that the angle of saying, hey, veterans, this will help get your friends into D&D. Hi, kitty. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Mine, mine will show up at some point. All right. So I think that's an interesting angle to think about. All right. That if, in creating your website, you could have a very simple, like, um, how to teach uh, brains and bronze. Okay. Um, where it's literally like a one sheet, a one sheet introduction. All right. right. Or something like that. A free download um, or a video of you tutorializing it. Uh, if you don't have something like that already, um, to just kind of. I do it with your cat. Have him roll a die. <laughs> Just bat it off the table. She does. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> even pull dice out anymore. Right. Um, um, you know, I, also, I, you need to have, you'll definitely need your face on the front page because I understand that you want to be a whole studio, you know? And so the thing that you need to decide strategically is if you're willing to spend the next two to five years just on the TTRPG as your main focus, I would put the other stuff to the side and just let that be your main focus because you can always add on more later. But if you're doing too many things all at once, uh, if you're too eclectic, it can be distracting. Which, by the way, if you're interested in learning guitar, I recommend ukulele. It's very easy to learn. I'm, I I I am not getting a musical instrument. It's, it's every time I see a guitar, I'm like, oh, I will learn. No, no, I, I know where my, my skills lie and music is not one of them. Um, you know, the, the challenge right now is if we just go where the money is, I've made way more money doing logos and, and cartoon, you know, character sketches and stuff for people than I've done in the games in way less time. And so it's, it's, you know, for, from a personal point of view, um, I am semi-retired at the mm. moment, um, but that semi retirement is going to change real quick if if I can't make at least some money here mm. and there to to throw in towards the bills, you know. Right. And so I don't need much. Right. Um, you know, my my wife my wife makes enough to to cover the expenses. But you know, if my you know I have two bloodhounds and that's two hundred and thirty pounds of <laughs> a very hungry dog, and they they don't eat cheap because. They get fed raw because it's the only thing that works for them. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, they can't even take my barbecue. It's got to be like raw. It's gotcha. uh, you know, so it's it's one of those I want to build. I need to build enough just to get something kind of rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, if if it comes down to um, you know, we we make ends meet by me making a a, a couple leather pouches and a and a leather duffel bag. Gotcha. Everything else gets dumped and I, I, you know, go for the other side. Uh, but the nice thing is I have most every day, all day mm-hmm. to work. So I can do stuff in the leather workshop and, and that ADHD. Yeah. I can't sit down and just do this game every day Yep. for two years. I'll, I'll burn out. Okay. I'll get bored. Uh, I'll get depressed Yep. and I'll get distracted. Right. So I, I, I find that if I don't have, uh, like I've been writing for three or four days straight, but before that I was drawing for three or four days straight because that's what my brain would do. Well, and that's what's great about the TTRPGs is like, because my, my wife's the same way, okay, and, and I am, I'm just different about it, but with her it's like she does the art, she does the maps, she does the writing, she does everything but the marketing, okay, yeah. but the sales, because that's the part where, again, like there's so many creative people you know, but once it comes time, you can tell brilliant stories, but once it comes time to tell the story about yourself and to talk about yourself, it's like, well, I don't ride a dragon. What's interesting about about yeah. me? That's where we all clam up. And so that's, that's where I come in. Um, so I totally get that. And I also commend you for understanding your weaknesses. Okay. 
because I would much rather you work out of a harsher reality than a false delusion. Yeah. You know, because you're never going to make money in a false delusion. You know, yeah. you're just going to make the harsh reality way harsher down a lot. So yeah. I commend you for that. You've clearly learned some life lessons um, along the way. So what I think would be something to consider. And again, strategy is really about like, so you just need to make uh, a little bit of side money, uh, but as regularly as possible. And of course, as much as possible. But I think that the focus should be regularity. Okay. And then you can build on the regularity, right? So what I, I'm guessing you already kind of have a project launch, like target goal system for uh, all of these fighter, um, all of these brain and bronze, you know, the TTRPG set. Um, so what I think that when you're going into the website, maybe that's your lead. You know, I think that's what might be capturing people, but you can have a store or a tab where it's like, this is the leather work, um, commission an art piece. If you want that, the, the hard part for you is on the website building side, you're going to have to build a lot of like product pages, right. you know, whereas I also, I think that it's, you got to be careful. One of the things that people get strung out on, like I see this Kickstarter's all the time is that they're selling just a TTRPG, but then they also sell stickers and T-shirts and bookmarks and a million other products. And well, well, what are you? And also it clogs up their distribution of, at the end of it because they tried to do all this stuff to make money that isn't the stuff they wanted to do. is right. being sourced from five different companies because they have to, all right? And then their delivery is six months late Okay, and the quality is not there because they didn't have quality control on the 17 products they launched with all because they wanted to launch one product that showed up six minutes late and no one gets to fully enjoy. Right. You know, and so my all that to say, focus in on like maybe two or three, like I think that if you just say TTRPG art and leather work, you know, that while that is more eclectic than I would normally recommend. You know, you understanding that you're a multiple projects kind of guy, that this is a studio. My recommendation is make sure that people know that put you at the front, okay? Because the studio is you, your fighter guy, right. you know? Um, and so that's just kind of something is that I think lead with the you, lead with the story, and then have the other pages because... Uh, the thing that I cannot promise you is going to happen, and in fact, I can promise is most likely not going to happen, unfortunately, is that you get a good website built up and you're ready to take payments and then people come and buy. And what yes. is more likely the website's going to be is that first and foremost, it's going to show that you care. It's going to show that you are professional about this. It's going to be another place for people to learn about you, connect with you, and trust you. And you'll get some sales, but they'll probably go back to DMs Guild. Okay. Yeah. Or they'll go back to Twitter or they'll go back to Kickstarter and they'll interact with you on the platform they originally got to you from. Absolutely. Right. Um, and so that's that's just my caveat of saying, like, I'm giving you all these ideas and work, but take it with the grain of salt of do the stuff that makes the money first right. and then set yourself up a good engine to put it once it's done with its initial release where you're going to make most of your money. Yeah. You know? And hopefully at the end of it, you have a really nice library. Um, so a question, have you considered, have you done any crowdfunding? If not, um, has there been a reason for that? Uh, I have not. Um, okay. Reason I don't, the problem is, so when you're only talking four pages, like it's, and when I say four pages, it's two pages back to back. Mm -hmm. um, it's designed, you can print it up on a tabloid paper and yep. fold it in half and have a book, right? Um, there's not a lot of physical product. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, it's not like, a, there's not anything to kickstart. Um, so here's what I would, here's a random suggestion is that one, while I understand, I, I think that you're underestimating yourself a little bit. 
Uh, so one, you can have a funding goal of $1, pay what you want. The funding goal is $10. Uh, the, the funding reward I meant earlier was $1. All right. And even if you were just launching with your initial Fighter Guy 4 page, I, I think that wouldn't be a bad thing. So the worst case scenario is that it does nothing. Best case scenario, you get a minimum of 10 people and they get to print it out and they only paid a dollar, but they get a super fun one page system, you know, and maybe you throw some extra art in there. But considering the fact that you have um, now multiple products, you can pad them together. Yeah. You know, and you can and say like, here is a volume or collection A, you know. Um, there are, sorry. No, go ahead. I've, I have two goals mm -hmm. sometime next year probably mm -hmm. um i've got a uh, uh i'm gonna have to take a half step back because you said you know don't do everything don't mm -hmm. try to do too much because you can't uh i have two collaborations going with two creators one for stickers one for dice vaults awesome um and so that's something that they're they're drop shipping so it's a chance for me to that is their job Right. And it's not a huge thing off their side of the desk. They make a little money. I make a little money. Gets the word out. It, it builds both of our fan bases together. Yep. Um, and so, are you throwing uh, in free product from like your stuff from your studio in on those dice bolts and uh, uh, stickers? Uh, no. That would be something to consider because okay. while it's good to have your name on the pro on the project, throwing in an extra bonus free thing um it is another opportunity is something that they can engage with yeah but that's just an idea to throw out now keep going with what you're saying. well and there is there is hold on one second i'm gonna grab it for uh and this goes back to the there's um the the concept i had but uh one of the things i want to do is uh i came up with a miniature combat system mm -hmm. uh, that's easy to use uh, is more flexible than having to have all the miniatures and the maps and everything uh, but isn't too simple uh, that uh, I don't know at two o'clock in the morning uh, during a manic moment it made sense to me uh, yeah. I have not quite gotten it down on paper but there is something there for Kickstarter wise that mm -hmm. I would like to do um, the other thing that I'm looking at doing is uh, I have six expansions out right now I've got two more uh, that are One's probably 80% of the way there, and one's probably 50% of the way there. Uh, so those will be out in the next two months, uh, okay. each of them, um, is the hope. Uh, when I get 10, I think 10, it might be 12, I'm going to take all the mechanics and all the rules, put them together in a 60-page rule book or 80-page rule book uh, where you can you have all the rules for all of it together. Mm-hmm. In, in one book and that that was something i considered doing as a kickstarter um one of the other things i'm doing and the reason i grabbed the the, the dice vault mm -hmm. is uh i've been playing with well no mini zines oh. a single, it's a single piece of paper and you fold it up so it makes an eight page book that's nice and so i've got uh, I don't have it with me, but I've got the basically the brains and bronze rule with a character sheet uh, that I gave away for free. Um, yeah. I have character folios, which came in the first newsletter. And anyone who signs up for the newsletter gets the first newsletter automatically, so they get that. Uh, I had a, it did not sell at all, but um, uh, I did a experiences and exploits mini adventure for mm -hmm. uh, Halloween. It's Flaming Pumpkin. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. And it's, again, it's eight pages. It's a full adventure. It, we ran it for about four hours, mm -hmm. uh, my group. Um, and so one of the things that I've talked about uh, with the, the uh, Shady Sale, who does the dice faults, mm -hmm. is this is big enough. You could put four 10-sider dice on the bottom in like mm -hmm. individual cells and the zines in it. Right. So I've thought about doing that as a Kickstarter where you get the a couple of the zines that fit in there with a set of dice yep. from one of my other, one of my other uh, uh, creators that I work with and the dice vault all in one package. Yep. 
So here's here's an idea for you. Okay, so one, uh, harking back on you were saying like 10, maybe 12, do 10. Have the other two as stretch goals. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that just makes your life a little easier. Um, two, I would that very gives much me consider, a goal. Yeah, I would very much consider um, before this is this is how I like to do things, and you do not have to do the way things the way I like to do things. Um, but consider before you go and do this big Kickstarter where you're doing physical products and you're packing and shipping and you're doing at least three things that you're packing in because you got to have the dice, the papers, the dice vault. All right, and then shipping it out and making sure everyone gets paid at the end of it. Uh, consider doing a di- an all-digital thing first, okay? Because don't underestimate. We've made uh, this year, and again, we've been doing this since COVID hit, though, all right? So everything great is sold, and ours is a little bigger than yours uh, in terms of, like, what we sell. But it's all digital, and we've made a couple thousand, okay? So don't under- that's just to say don't underestimate the value the digital can have. And by saying, hey, here is a five pack of our best selling materials. All right. Uh, normally it would cost $5. It is pay what you want. Um, and here is, uh, you know, you can have your other materials as an add on. All right. For another dollar or another $3, whatever your price range is. All right. Th- this is totally your comfort level. And I use low $1 pricing purely because it's meant to be introductory. And the reason for this is to say, learn when the stakes are low. You know, you can make all your mistakes on a digital product and you'll learn just running the Kickstarter, connecting with the audience, uh, delivering the product without having to worry about the physical side, which is shipping, which is packing, which is sourcing, which is not getting your money and counting your dollars until you have shipped everything you know which means that your money doesn't get to you for an even longer time all right and then you have to split it with three different people which is not a bad thing to do i just recommend that people do something smaller because you're gonna make mistakes and it's gonna be nerve-wracking and if you're doing it on a lower stakes project um you're just gonna have an easier time right you know so that's something to consider um, at the risk of giving, because I totally understand the desire. That's my hardest thing too, that I want to do like 20 things. All right. All the time. All right. But I have finally focused in on like, okay, I'll let Caitlin do five things and I'll do five things. And that way 10 things get done. Yeah. All right. I, um, I guess here's my problem. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm, I don't understand why so okay i'm gonna be totally real yeah people are not breaking down my door yeah to download from itch mm-hmm. even the, the even the pay what because two two of the things are pay what you want the the, mm-hmm. the core rules and the first expansion are pay what you want um the other stuff i've got listed is five bucks right um I guess my question is why if they if if I can't get people to show up on itch to buy it mm-hmm. even for free mm-hmm. because let me tell you I've got my my analytics here and it's uh it's very flat yep <laughs> no, this is um, a perfectly good question why would they bust down my door to throw me a buck or whatever on a Kickstarter so like, you, I still have to do, I still have to market it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so here's, here's, here's my pitch to you, okay? Please. Is that one, there are people on Kickstarter who have never interacted with you. There are people on your current audiences in Twitter or wherever else you are who are never going to be on itch because that's not their chosen platform. But they do have crossover on Kickstarter. For example, I'm not an itch guy. I'm also not even a DMs Guild guy. Or drive through RPG guy. I shop on Kickstarter. I'm not the only. I, I, there's plenty. There's crossover on both sides. Okay. But so the first point is to say that there's people over there. They don't know what your prices are everywhere else. And even if you have those prices somewhere else, they haven't experienced you yet. And there's that. There's also psychology on the Kickstarter page of they get to see your numbers grow up. When I go to a store and I buy something, I get something, and I'm done. 
Kickstarter offers a sense of community, okay, where you get to see the numbers go up. It's more of an event. You're keeping up to date on people. Your inbox is a little fuller. You're seeing other people are backing. And, hey, this guy only wanted to raise $10. He's 200% uh, funded. Even though it's only $20, 200% funded is such uh, an exasperated number. Uh, I've had, you know, it's, that could be 1,000% funded. That's only 100 bucks. Right. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that it's a matter of staging. Okay. So the, uh, th this is one of my favorite things to talk to artists about and creatives like you. Um, do you know Banksy? Yep. Okay. So a Banksy in a New York gallery is worth thousands of dollars, right? But you know, he's every now and then will sell his art on a New York street corner and get 20 bucks a pop maximum. Yep. Okay. Um, Lindsay Sterling um play played at a she's a violinist i know okay. i know her. great 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 she <laughs> she's now in big auditoriums and every now and then for tiktok she'll play outside her auditorium okay just in the street with no one realizing it's her okay right. and people will drop pennies in a hat and then legitimately happen security will come and tell her to go away from the show she's playing outside of it's her show. So what right. we learn from these instances is that at a certain point, it art art is done being good art. Okay. Like you, you can only get so much better when well, I'm sure you can get better. I know I can. Okay. But at a certain point, it becomes about the stage. It becomes about how big your stage is. And if you've maximized your current stage presence and uh, your, you're slow growing on, you know, drive through RPG or itch or wherever by offering yourself a new stage, you offer yourself a new audience, you offer yourself a new opportunity because like I say, whether you're on the subway or at the biggest stage in New York, you can have the same amount of talent, completely different worlds, right? you know? So don't let, cause here's, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep ranting for one more second, and then I'll let you. Yeah. Okay. Here's the biggest issue with um, artists when it comes to their work. Okay, is that they make art, and there's a build it and they will come mentality. Because if you have good art, people should come. If you have good art and you you tell you put it out on the internet, people should flock to it because you see the Instagram posts and the Twitter posts from random accounts out of nowhere getting thousands of likes okay but they those little exceptions to the rule are just that those are exceptions to the rule right. and there is so much good art because you also know you've also seen the band that never made it that like why aren't these guys the most popular band well how is led zeppelin more popular than these guys yeah the, you know? the the guys singing on the the subway that you're just like oh my god you are right. amazing why haven't right. you what where's your fucking album right. You know, why, why aren't you, you know, working with Lady Gaga right now? Okay. Both of those dualities exist. And unfortunately, there is a lot more subway singers, you know, who never like get lucky. So, but what happens is the psychology is, is that you built a good art. No one came. It must not be good art. I must not be a good artist because no one's paying for it. That's what it's worth. What it's worth is whatever people are willing to pay for it. And if you charge a thousand dollars and they pay for it, that's what it's worth. Okay. And if you charge $25 on the street of New York and they pay for it, that's what it's worth. You know? So what I'm, what I, all of that to preach is to say that don't let what current people are willing to pay define its worth right. you define its worth and then try and find the people that agree with you and then work it from there because pricing stupid i hate pricing everyone hates pricing all right i'm a marketer and this is what i do and sometimes it's fun but overall we all hate it. yeah it sucks okay? we would love for everything to just know what its value is 
and wish that psychology wasn't such a thing. Okay. But I said a lot there. <laughs> no, it's, it it's, makes sense. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's, it absolutely makes sense. It's, uh, I still don't know how I'm going to take that information and do anything with it, yeah. but the concept makes sense. And you're right. It, it, it's, it's, you know, I saw, um, I, I vaguely remember what their profile picture looks like, uh, but, uh, you know, somebody was like, I've never seen them sell anything, but they have 10,000 followers. And one day they said, hey, I just put a game up. And they sold like 5,000 copies. Mm-hmm. I have 500, you know, followers and I put up a game and I sell two, yeah. if that, you know, and it's like, and and it's it's frustrating because like i i ask people about you know because i i do have some shirts uh i don't i don't make the shirts i put them on t public if you want a shirt a button a sticker a book have that uh i'm doing the art it doesn't cost me anything to put it on t public and i make i think two bucks a shirt off of it like i'm not it's not something to become rich i just yeah think people should wear my stuff um uh, if I could do it with no, you know, take $2 off the price and get people, more people to buy it and not make anything of it, I'd be totally okay with that too. Right. Um, but, it's about feeding people. It's about feeding people. Right. Um, so I asked about shirts. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I was doing some, uh, just some mock-ups. And I said, mm-hmm. the problem is this person, she's very pretty, but I don't see her as wearing my shirt. I need somebody like you guys to wear my shirts. And everyone's like, oh, oh man, I'll buy your shirts. I'll buy your shirts. And no one, one person bought a shirt. No idea who it is. No one told me they bought the shirt. One person bought a shirt. And it's like, yeah. you can get all the good intentions of the world. Mm-hmm. Still don't make sales. Yeah. And that's where like consumer belief and consumer behavior are completely different things. The easiest way to kind of put an analogy to that is that there are a surprising amount of people who want McDonald's to have this big vegetarian menu. Okay. But when you go to McDonald's, what are you going to buy? You're going to get the chicken nuggets. Yeah. You know, like it's McDonald's is never going to be whole foods and McDonald's would kill itself trying to please the, what the consumer believes the ideal is. Actually, I have a case study. This is excellent. Okay. So, they polled women in the 1970s and say, what do you want out of a cake batter? Okay. They wanted to make a quick mix. And they said, I want it to be as easy as possible. And they said, okay, add water. That's all. Add water cake mix. Okay. The first time sales flew off the shelves and then no one bought it ever again. Why? Did our batter suck? They pulled them. It doesn't feel like baking. I feel like a cheap con artist with my family. Mm-hmm. So they decided in order to make a cake, you got to break a few eggs, two eggs and change the water to milk sales through the roof. What consumers say they want and what consumers actually do completely different. You know, I, I, I have, you're from Texas originally. I have a marketing and public relations degree from Mm. Angelo state university in San Angelo, Texas. Um, it, it, I have good memories of that school, but I did not get my education's worth. Um, uh, not necessarily because of school. I don't think anyone comes out of out of college like ready to, for the actual real world. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized real quick that I don't like doing marketing. Uh, no, that's not true. I like the marketing. I don't like dealing with the people who I would be doing marketing for. There you go. Um, but I love case studies. Yeah. New Coke. Yes. Oh my New God. Coke. They sat there and they did thousands of taste tests and it was like 98% of the people preferred new Coke. And we know how that turned out. Yep. Um, the other one that I love. Go ahead. Is the McRib. Oh God. The McRib, when the McRib comes out, they bring it out when pork prices are the lowest. Yep. And it raises pork prices 25% during its run. They single-handedly bring up the 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 pork sales in the United States by 25% when it comes out. But they cannot carry it fully mm-hmm. because people won't buy it. Yep. And you have a lot of people online saying they hate it. That's, you know what? I'm sorry. They're full of it. 
because it sells like freaking hotcakes when it comes out. Yep. And as a barbecue guy, I know it's not really ribs, exactly. but it's ground meat that's been formed into a patty and cooked. It tastes pretty darn good. Yep. Um, it, it tastes good, generally. Speaking. But it will never sell year round. Yep. But when you they bring it out, way. when they bring it out for that month, mm-hmm. and I'm in, I'm in Canada. They haven't had the McRib here in probably ten years, and I don't think it's ever coming back. And it breaks my heart uh, because you know if you ever seen the Simpsons episode where um, uh, they have the rib rib witch and Homer goes on tour with the rib rich people, and they all have shirts that say rib rich, and I'd be there. <laughs> i'd be a mcribby i i would be there right so uh you're you're right it's it's and i've, I've heard the cake batter one um, yeah. but the one that always caught me was new coke because new coke is the perfect example of what people say they want and what consumers actually will buy yeah consumer intention consumer behavior completely different studies um yeah. i do want to wrap up because we're at about an hour now yeah sorry I'll be respectful of everyone else's time because i like we're also doing this for them and I think we have enough to go on here for me to say, like, uh, one, I think that definitely uh, I hope that you just take everything here and amalgamize it in your brain and then do the ADHD. I'm ADHD myself. Do that thing where it babbles around and then something spits out <laughs> in a couple it's, of weeks. It's the, I'm hoping something spits out. That's that's right. the key. You know, uh, you'll, you'll find five different directions and then finally land on one if you're anything like me. Um but the other thing for the website that I was supposed to help you with. I was going to say, we never <laughs> even looked at the website. Um, I do think that something simple like Shopify uh, will do the trick for you. Um, but there are some free versions that I would explore, like maybe Wix. If you're going to sell things online, you'll almost definitely have to pay uh, for a plan. So that's another thing that you could justify by saying, I... like doing the Kickstarter and stuff first. Yeah. It's a way to pad your wall a little bit and say like, okay, let's say it's like $65, I think, for an annual Shopify subscription. Okay. So as long as you profit $65 on a Kickstarter, okay, you can then invest that in one year of Shopify. Right. Okay. And set up your stuff. And then all you have to do is sell $65 the next year you know, in order to justify the costs. All right. Now that is a step above of where you are right now, I think, but I don't think that's unfeasible. I also yeah. want to commend you on a few things. Okay. I love that you're collaborating with people. Okay. That's awesome. All right. That's networking. That's audience share. That's learning and learning is the number one thing. Okay. I love that you're open to new ideas, that you're aware of your weaknesses, uh, that you accept that you are multifaceted and it's not going anywhere. All right. And so, uh, and that's potentially the thing that's going to help you stand out as much as it's going to be the thing that that hinders you a little bit, you know? Um, So what I, I want to go from here is to say, go explore what you can do e-commerce wise. All right. Um, And if you can't do it and you don't want to justify the cause, do something for free, do Wix or something like that, and just use it as a way to point people back to your itch and to your um, drive through RPG and to your Kickstarter stuff and have, have a free download for that like first introductory material. And it's just an audience capture and an email sign, you know? Yeah. And then I'll, I'll take a look at it for everything of like design, user experience and SEO. Can I, I know, I know we do need to, we need to need to go. Yeah. Um, here's my question for you. Yep. Uh, the reason I picked Google sites, a couple things. One, yeah. super simple. And it's free. Yep. And, and it, you know, it doesn't have to look bad. I don't think my site looks bad. Um, I did not, it doesn't do blogs. It doesn't do e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going in and that's great because I don't particularly care about blogging and I don't particularly care about e-commerce uh, on, on the face of it because I can push people towards itch. Right. Um, I, I don't push anyone to drive through RPG. Uh, any sales that I get through drive through are just organic through drive through cool. um, because 
because they take such a slice. They take such a slice. I don't want people to go buy from them. But yeah. there's a lot of people who buy games on Drive Through RPG. So if they if run you across it, hold there. Yeah, you know, it can be an excellent way to say like, hey, you know, like like I think the ideal situation with the Drive Through RPG is to say, hey, this is going to release three months earlier on Kickstarter or my website or whatever. Uh, if you want it earlier, go over there. If you want it here at the same or higher price, because they take like 30% of my money, yeah. you know, you got to wait. It can't be higher. Months. Right. It can't you be higher. Wait months. I think that's yeah. the ideal situation. Yeah. And, and they do have, you can email, you just have to set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can't do and what I liked, I'm going to go look at Kickstarter uh, this evening is you're not allowed to, on your email. You cannot direct them to the other site. So I can't direct them to sign up for my, my newsletter. Mm. I can't have them what? go check out. Yeah. You are not allowed to send them to an outside site. Well, like I understand if, if it's that when someone emails you uh, or they sign up for your item and you email them, I understand if like you're not supposed to like hold on to that email because Kickstarter is something similar. They were like, you're only supposed to hold on to the email long enough to deliver the product. Okay. Yeah. But even then, it should be okay that when you deliver that product to say, oh, and by the way, follow us. And also with Kickstarter, you get the updates. You can plug your website and yeah. your socials as much as you want. To and I like that because uh, what I'm doing on on my games, I'm, I, I, I've i got an adventure pack come out with three three riders work mm-hmm. with me. And so we have three adventures coming out uh, for the game and it's for each of the expansions and stuff like that. Um, That's another thing on Kickstarter. You can have collaborations. Yeah. Okay. So that when yeah. you you all make three accounts, that's how it started actually. It's like when I got in COVID and I was like, oh, it's two guys on Twitter. We, we threw something together. The art wasn't great. The maps weren't great. I wrote it. Wasn't great. Okay. We made a couple hundred dollars. Okay. And my wife came over and said, hold my hold my ale. Okay. And then just blew it out of the park from there. You know. Right. So I love the collaboration ability as well. And since you're such a good collaborator, that's another area where Kickstarter might be a good place. I'm not a good collaborator. <laughs> I'm not a good collaborator. You're good at I, making collaborations you know what? happen. You're yeah, maybe that. Maybe collaborations that. happen. And that's the first step. You'll because get half good at collaborating in practice. Half the things you're saying, I'm like, don't tell me how to do my freaking game. I'm not going to do that that way. I don't want to, I'm not saying any of that, but, but it's up here. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a good sharer. I'm not a good collaborator. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, 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 I love the idea. Um, you're, you're, you're a marketing guy, which makes you a sales guy. And, and a lot of I, ways I uh, you read any Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar. Oh my God. That sounds so familiar. Zig oh. is Zig is he's Texan. Um, he, uh, he is kind of the granddaddy of of old school sales, gotcha. and he has a a thing that he uh, he's dead now. He's like he passed away like twenty years ago, and he was like a hundred. Um, he had something he used to always say, and he'd say, "If you help enough people get what he, uh, no, sorry, I gotta quote him right. You can have anything in this world that you want, as long as you help enough other people get what they want." Mm-hmm. And for when it comes to collaboration, I don't want to grow. I want, I don't want to grow by myself. I don't want to be in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this guy who who writes good stuff. I'm going to drag him with me. Yep. And and he's going to drag me too. Yep. And I'm going to grab this artist who who wants to work with me and 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 do some horror images for me. And I'm going to drag them up with me, and they're going to drag me up with them. And that's how we build it up. You know, the the person who's doing my 3D printing. Anyone mm-hmm. who doesn't follow her now. But follows me, I'm going to make crossover. sure they're going that way. We get crossover, and yeah. and right now we're all like two, you know, 500 people, you know, strong. Yeah. But once we're all sitting at thousands, and then well, it's just building and the that, other that thing community. Is to there is like, even if you were at 50 people and you only got five people to cross over between you, those are five high authority leads. Okay, that like, have you heard the whole like 100 true fans thing? Yes. Okay. Like but, but say it again so that I can. That's the goal. Uh, the, the 100 True Fans comes from Reed Hoffman. He's the founder of LinkedIn. Or, I heard it from Reed Hoffman. It comes from someone else. But the basic idea is that all you need to get a foothold is 100 True Fans. Okay. Yeah. And all you need to make enough to live is 1,000 True Fans. Okay. And 
getting a hundred true fans, that's where that's where like that social media, that crossover, that collaboration right. comes from. Is that once you hit a hundred true fans, you hit an exponential that right. will get you to the thousand. And if you can just do that, all right, you will have enough to get by. Yeah. You know, and you can grow from there. I do want to wrap this up. Um, but I love everything we talked about here. And we'll schedule something out in like two weeks to a month. All right. Um, as far as I, I would like you to yes, look at the webpage yes, at some point. You guys can do real size question. Um, Wix is super easy to use. Just try Wix, try Weebly. Both of them have really easy interfaces. Um, and you'll have a little more control of your site. It'll look a little bit better. Google, and it'll allow you the opportunity to expand outward should you get to that point. Right. Okay. Um, once you figure out, and even if you decide to say on Google Slides, I'm still with you. All right. Google Slides, Google Sites, I'm still with you. And I will help you make Google Sites as good as possible. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm laughing because I can hear your cat. Oh, yes. The, uh, the older one was allowed. That's the deaf one. That's the deaf one. Yeah. <laughs> That's the deaf one. The other one was right here meowing and I could barely hear him. Yeah. Um, but it's been awesome talking to you. Can't wait to share Zach, this I with, appreciate with it. the group. Um, and we will stay in touch. And to anyone in the group who made it this far, if you want to do something like this, you know where to find me. All right. And anyone who's still here, if you want a really nice, simple, easy game to get into, Brains and Brawn, come find me, Fighter Guy, Fight Guy Studio yep. on Twitter. There you go. I'm I also on it. Always be plugging. All right. Yeah, go. All right. Thanks, Zach. Bye. Bye.